hello, this is Tim McNeely, and welcome to another episode of the Bakersfield Whiskey Society. And wow, am I excited today. We have a fantastic program for you today. We are talking with Cash and Margaret from Balconies out of Texas. And in Bakersfield, we're just a little bit of Texas right here, and we have a fantastic program. So once again, welcome. We help take the mystery out of whiskey and help you know what you like and why you like it. Cash, Marguerite, welcome. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. We are. We are excited. So now, now we have not just Southern California represented, but we also have Austin represented too. Is that right? Yep. Out here from Texas. Excellent. Very, very exciting. Well, for, for our listeners today, what we're really going to do is, is by, by the end of this podcast, our listeners are going to know what Balcony really does. They're going to know why you've won Distillery of the Year and the role that innovation has helped play in shaping your whiskeys. Our listeners are going to have the knowledge of really what goes into to grain to glass. We hear that term tossed around all the time, but what does it really mean? And more importantly, what the innovation, the, the innovative aging process that you're using and how that helps create such unique whiskeys. But more excitedly is our audience, when you guys walk into a story and you're going to be excited the next time you see that bottle of Balcony sitting on the shelf, because you're going to know the story, you're going to know what goes into it. So let, let's start with innovation. I mean, that really plays a large role in what you do and the, the whiskeys you produce. So can you talk a little bit yeah. about the innovation that Balconies has going on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, we, we have quite a few products, but in every single product that you see of ours, you're going to find something a little bit different, right? right? Our blue corn whiskey, you know, it's not just a corn whiskey. It's a hundred percent blue corn and our rye is a hundred percent rye which is pretty rare and all the techniques that we're using all of the new and fun special releases that we get to do they're all just super super different but still have that traditional amazing texas whiskey component and actually recently right we got innovative distillery of the year by icons of whiskey which was really really cool for us um and we also jared got master distiller of the year yep yeah, sure did. So that was really amazing for us. Very exciting. So, so now blue corn. What the heck is blue corn? Yeah, a Mexican restaurant, and you get tortilla chips. Yep. Um, you can get the white ones, or they still bring blue corn tortilla chips. It's the exact same thing. It's just yes. blue corn, right? And yeah. you know, it's a little bit more that fuller flavor. Yeah, they're better. We'll yes, say. they're better. They they're better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and our blue corn all comes out of West Texas, so it's all local for us. Um, given that we're a Texas distillery, but the blue corn just kind of has um, these like special oils, honestly. It's a little more oily, it's a little nuttier, it's a different kind of sweetness. Yeah, it's like a very full mouth feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. so, so, so still sweet like like a normal yellow corn, but you said more yes. oils and more flavor, more of a nuttiness to it. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, how are you using... We use blue corn in every single product that we do use corn in. If there's corn, it's always going to be blue corn. Okay. Crusted blue corn. So do you have blue corn across your, your, your range of spirits that you offer then? Um, in a few of them, yeah. In our baby blue, in our true blue, um, it's going to be used a little bit in our Texas pot still bourbon. But in, like I said, in our rye, that's going to be 100% rye, nothing else in that mash bill. Our single malt is, of course, 100% malted barley. But any other corn products, yes, we're going to use that corn, that blue corn. Okay, so so you're really using grains other than just the the malted barley, right? You're doing the rye, you're doing the blue corn, and 
And how does that really, you know, filter into the, the product lineup? Why are you making the choices to, to use different grains like that? Yeah. And um, I think one of the big things that I personally love about Balconis is the range of stuff, right? There is something for everyone, you know, whether you're a single malt person or you're a corn whiskey person or bourbon or rye. And there's a different price point for everyone too, right? It's just incredibly approachable, you know, for wherever you're at in your whiskey journey. Right. Yeah. What if I don't know what I like, right? Because a, a lot of times you know, <laughs> people listen to this podcast, they say, you know, I kind of dabbled in whiskey and I didn't know there's more than one. What kind should I get? I, and so kind of yeah. walk, walk us through the range a little bit and, and pretend I don't know anything about whiskey, right? Where would you start me with and why? Well, my first question that I always ask people actually is how they take their coffee. Because I think that always kind of tells me a little bit about where to point them in what direction, you know, are you a black coffee person? Do you like a lot of cream and sugar? Because, you know, everyone has a different palate. So everyone's going to like a different kind of whiskey. There is not one whiskey that is right and one whiskey that's wrong. So I always tend to kind of steer people in the sweeter direction first. So like a bourbon, our Texas Potsdam bourbon is perfect for that. And then, you know, if they like that, if they want something with a little more heat, I might point them towards maybe our rye or our single malt. The rye is going to have, rye inherently has this really like earthy, kind of spicy backside that hangs out, you know, it lingers. So either that direction or a single malt, single malt can have a very different experience, right? You never know until you try it. Yeah. But yeah, I'd probably start people. Would you agree? I would say bourbon for sure. Yeah. First. Yeah. 100%. All right. Well, well, well let's go back to the, the coffee. I think that's brilliant, by the way. So, so you've just asked me, you said, Tim, what kind of coffee do you like? And I'm going to say, I like my coffee hot and black. What direction are you going to take me in if I like straight up good, bitter coffee? Oh, I'm going to go rye. Rye all day long. Okay. So, so take me through that rye profile and, and what that connection is then. Yeah. So... Rye tends to have a lot more of those earthy flavors, um, and it's kind of the opposite of a bourbon, right? A bourbon, you get heat at the lips, really smooth finish. Vanilla. Yeah, right? And a rye is going to be a really smooth, mellow start, and then you get that heat on the backside. So good. Um, and you get a lot of those earthy, kind of grassy flavors, maybe like yeah. a black pepper. Our rye is really cool because it actually, one of the types of rye in it is a German chocolate specialty rye. So it kind of undercuts that heat and makes it a slightly more mellow, yeah. but you definitely still get those earthy, hot flavors at the end. A little more bitter. Uh, and I personally also take my coffee super black, black and really bitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I am also a huge rye person. And our bottle of rye, you just, it, as soon as you open the bottle, you smell that like espresso mm. chocolate mm. notes. Like it just makes you want to like pour some and get a warm blanket and cuddle on the couch. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I, I put some in oh. my coffee sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So now if I come to you and I say, you know what? I really like my coffee, but I put a lot of milk and cream and sugar in it because I like it sweet and a little bit cooler. What kind of direction are you going to take me in now? Yeah, I would say the bourbon. The pop bourbon, bourbon, yeah. Or baby blue, too, a little yeah, bit. Baby blue, baby, yeah. yeah. Baby it, blue, it, you get a lot of that sweetness from the corn. Yeah, baby blue, you get like a good like kettle corn, melted butter, like baking, mm. uh, you know, like all those yeah. fun 
sweet. Yeah, the baby blue is interesting because you get a lot of the sweetness from the grain, whereas from yeah. the bourbon, you get a lot of the sweetness from the oak yeah. sugars for sure. because it's that straight bourbon. It's been in the barrel for two years. You get yeah. a lot of that oak to sugar exchange. Okay, so right, once again, going back to the bourbon, you're using new charred oak, I'm assuming? Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. And then what are you aging the rye in? The rye is going to be a new American oak barrel. Okay. Yeah. And those are going to be charred as well. They're a little less charred. Um, but they are still new barrels. You get a lot of that flavor, uh, but it's only 15 months as opposed to 24 months. Mm, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so last going on the coffee, and I may be throwing you a curveball on this, but what do you say to the Dave Asprey fans and the people who drink bulletproof coffee and they're putting grass-fed butter and coconut oil in their coffee? <laughs> With that one? Huh. I would honestly point them in a single malt direction. Okay. You know, yeah. clearly they're looking for something a little Fire different. Oil. Yeah. a little higher and yep spot on um a little more craft right and yeah you know that's an Amer that's our american single malt um mm -hmm. our texas single malt is something very new and back to innovation thing it's one of the first american single malts that's really spearheading the game and the grain is amazing it's yeah. called golden promise it's out of scotland so it has phenomenal flavor to it and you really just can't get anything like it anywhere yeah, else yeah you really can't and so the the single malt tell me a little bit about those those flavors eh? and what kind of grain is that that you're talking about yeah so on the single malt we use a malted barley uh, so anytime you hear anyone say single malt you know they they might be talking about rye or something but overarchingly you can assume that they're talking about malted barley um, and so we use golden promise malted barley out of scotland um, and we're trying to honor the way that a single malt is supposed to be made, and it's always right. been made, but still putting our own little Texas twist on it. Yeah. Think. And I guess the flavor profile, the flavor profile of a single malt is always a little surprising to people, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. instead of like a front to back a palate flavor, you get this roller coaster of flavors. I and mean, it just kind of continues to change with each sip that you take. You get a lot of like maple and sweetness on the nose, and you get like a like a soft peaches on the mid palate. Yeah. Uh, I always love that part, the mid palate. Yeah, the mid palate. <laughs> um, and then you get this like really just buttery, fresh, like marmalade finish. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You both yeah. are making me really, really thirsty. Now, you're going to be out here in <laughs> and our listeners are going to get a chance to walk through the lineup. And we are really excited. I believe April 2nd is our date. Southern newsletter. Thanks for for promoting that for us and we are thrilled to have you up here so this is the little pre-show so to speak before you're up here so going back to the the single malt that you're making right lots of good flavors on that we've got the rye we've got now you, you talked about the the aging period and i heard what 15 months in 24 months yeah now now in in my mind and i know a lot of our listeners mind we're thinking ages you you need something to be in a barrel a really really long time to, to taste yeah. so how are you getting good flavors with such short amount of time we like to say it's the texas climate y'all texas climate yeah that's <laughs> texas um there's one huge misconception in whiskey in my opinion and right. it's that whiskey ages due to time yeah it actually only ages due to temperature fluctuations mm -hmm. which happen over time so as temperatures fluctuate, the barrel will expand and contract. And as it expands, that spirit, which is clear before it enters the barrel, mm -hmm. seeps mm -hmm. into the oak 
And then as it contracts, it pulls out all of those colors and those flavors and all that really good stuff that we want. So in Texas, we personally hate the weather fluctuations. It's insane. <laughs> but the, yeah, but the whiskey loves it. Uh, so we're actually able to look at a barrel of whiskey after about six months. Uh, whereas in Scotland, you can't look at a barrel for about six years, right? Right. So it's one of the reasons that Texas whiskey is booming like crazy. It's growing. And it's because we're finding out that we can age whiskey in a much faster fashion, but right. still have an incredible product. Yeah, it's very hot, cold, uh, very humid. It just, it's just all over the place. It's it really is. And our distillery is located in Waco, Texas. And so that's where we do all of our aging is in Waco. Okay. Well, so right for, for people who don't know, walk us through what, what a Texas year looks like in terms of weather. You touched on that a little bit. Well, let's say I went out there to the distillery one day. When I got there, it was a Sunday and it was 22 degrees. And I was so mad because I'm from California and I never brought a jacket. And then by Wednesday, it was like 78 degrees and like 40% humidity. And I'm just, I couldn't believe it. I'm just like, holy yeah. cow, three days ago, it's freezing and now it's hot. Yeah. In the morning, it could be yeah. 20 and in the afternoon, it's 95 and it's, it's all over the place too. You know, it's not just rain during the fall or during the winter. It's rain in the middle of the summer and it's boiling hot on Christmas day. So, um, it's, I would love to walk you through exactly what a year looks like, but I couldn't because it is so all over the place. Interesting. But, but once again, that is adding to the, the aging of the whiskey, like you said, right? You're getting the, the, the big temperature swings, more evaporation happening at a rapid rate. And because of that, you're able to age things much quicker, but still end up with all the flavor profiles that whiskey lovers like us love, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I think whiskey flavor profiles that might even be a little bit different, which is really cool. It's something that people haven't really tried before. You know, you're going to see every distillery has a different characteristic, different flavor profiles. But Texas in and of itself is going to start to kind of have its own category of whiskey and types of whiskey, which is really exciting because, you know, more options for the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Tim McNeely. You are listening to the Bakersfield Whiskey Society podcast, and we are interviewing and talking with Cash and Marguerite from Balconies out of Texas, and we are having a fantastic conversation about innovation and Texas weather and how it improves the aging profile. We're sharing how you can tell what kind of coffee you like, and that helps direct us to what kind of whiskey you should be drinking too. So just a fantastic, fantastic conversation so far. Now, you just talked about Texas and kind of, you know, maybe even having its own category. So I want to travel back and have all our listeners travel back with us to 2012. And for people who don't know, something pretty special happened at the World Whiskey event in the UK. Someone just happened to win an award. Who was that? And what can you share about that? Yep, that was us. That was Balconis Whiskey Distillery out of Waco, Texas. We were real small at the time, only about 2,000 square feet distillery. And, you know, we decided to bet it all and we knew what we had. It was an incredible product. So we entered it and somehow, some way, we, we won the double gold. It was a blind taste test and um, we beat out everyone else there. So we actually were the best whiskey in the world in 2012. And that was on our, and that was for our single malt. Yeah, for a Texas single malt. Right, absolutely incredible. For for me as a wine lover, it very much brings to mind right the the 1976 Judgment of Paris, where Chateau Montalena mm. and Stagsley, right, blind tasting among the best French wines in the world 
absolutely upset the entire wine world because no one yeah. in California can make wine. And so, oh, yeah. so, so I hear similarities there with you guys going to a competition, right? World whiskeys, right? You are on the stage with everyone else and a little tiny mm -hmm. distillery in Waco walks away with world whiskey of the year. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. So how did that um, our, for you? And, and at that point, had any American whiskey ever won? Yeah. So at that point in this specific category, no, no American whiskey had won yet. And they're actually saying that to this day, they're not sure any other American whiskey will just because they are going to be creating a new category for American single malt. Uh, because prior to this, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. Right. Single malts were out of Scotland or Ireland or Japan, yeah. but you know, it yeah. wasn't, you know, America's known for bourbon. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, one of our little claim to fame, and it, it really did just give us a lot of momentum, and it got us really excited to continue moving. We now have a distillery that's, what, 65,000 65, square, 65, square feet. Let's go back. You were how big before you won? <laughs> 2,000 square feet. 2,000, and you're how big now? 65,000. From 2065, <laughs> that, that's absolutely incredible. So, right, that yeah. really changed things for you dramatically, didn't it? Right, it did. Oh, yeah. absolutely, 100%. yeah. For on production level, kind of staff you can bring in, and just kind of ramping things up and getting that whiskey out there to more people, but not losing that original craft case that we started with. Yeah. Well, right. And that's one of the challenges, right? How do you scale up, right? And, and actually, this is probably a perfect time to, to talk about this. But right, a term that gets thrown around all the time is grain to glass. What the heck does that mean? And more importantly, as you guys experience that growth, how do you maintain that quality and craft feel while still scaling up? Yeah, well, so first of all, grain to glass means that once your grains get there, so it's a whole grain, once the grains get there, every single part of the process happens in-house until it reaches your glass. Nothing is outsourced. Nothing is from another distillery or another location. It's all done there on site. And so basically, anytime that you're making whiskey, you can source it at any step. You can source it once the grains are milled or once the spirit has actually already been distilled or once it's yeah. been fermented. You know, and you can bring it in and then you can barrel it and it's still your whiskey, which is not a bad way to do things by any means, but we are going to be doing it grain to glass. And I think that is one of the main ways that we're able to secure that craft touch, right? Because we're able to have a say in every single part of the process that's happening because it's all right in front of our eyes, right? We have a lot more control over the quality of what we're, what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. And, and right, but, but with that though, right now all of a sudden you're going from 2,000 square feet to 65,000 square feet, right? Mm -hmm. What does that do to, to, you know, not just production, but also your ability to, to innovate and build new lineups mm -hmm. and try new things? Yeah, I think it does give us a lot of freedom to, you know, have the ability to experiment with new cool things. But I think one of the reasons that we're able to maintain our lineup like so well is a lot of because of the staff that works at the distillery, right? We're out here selling it and doing all that stuff, but it really all starts with the people that are making, making it. it. Yeah. yeah. And they have their hands in every part of the process. And it's like a big family yeah. at Balconis. Every single person is just it's so true. invested yeah. in the product. And so we're able to really make sure that it's great whiskey, especially when you add a little love to it. Yeah. 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 We distill, distill to appreciate, distill to appreciate always. Yeah. 
Well, and you certainly have a, a world-class team, two team members I, I'd love to talk about. One's Jared Timstead and the other is Gabe Bouchard. Both play a big role along with many others, but share a little bit about what they're doing and the role they play in crafting these unique Texas whiskeys. Yeah, so Jared Hempstead is, first of all, just one of the most amazing humans. He really and is. He would, he would shrug his shoulders and roll his eyes if you heard us talking yeah. about him. Yeah. But he, 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 he helped start you talking about him. You're, you're very right, yeah. So what uh, makes him an amazing person? Give me a story or something to illustrate why he's so amazing. Why well, do you think he, hmm, he's going to be an artist. He was doing ceramics and art. Yeah. And what's cool about Jared is he's from the beginning to the end. I mean, he also designs our labels Yeah, on all the bottles. So we have like these really nice uh, foiled labels with a real simple. I mean, our labels are, have you, are super clean they're so, so cool. um, and they're just gorgeous. And we constantly get told how nice our labels are and how beautiful they are. And um, well, Jared does them. Our head seller does those. <laughs> but yeah, he one of the reasons that I always loved working there is it felt like a family. And I think Jared is so good at making it feel like a family. When I was working there, you know, his daughter, Boa, who's just the most precious human being. I think she's like six now? Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe she's six, but she's always running around. Um, they just had another baby, another baby yeah. Maverick. Uh, and, you know, he's just someone that you can always talk to about literally anything, whether it's philosophy or whiskey or it's wine or yeah. food yeah he's just such an approachable amazing human and he's so down to earth yeah and he would never ever tell anyone that he won master distiller of the year no he, he would, would never tell yeah. you that um but it's something that we like to brag about as yeah people that work with him yeah, yeah absolutely and, and what about Gabe what, what's part of the role that he plays in terms of just the blending and product development that he's doing yeah Gabe is really awesome too he's just such a wealth of knowledge, uh, yeah. just like anyone else that works works with us, honestly. But uh, he kind of came from like a beer and wine background and is just genius when it comes to the science portion of things. And he plays a really integral role in everything as well. I mean, product development, distillation, uh, blending. Yeah. He just has an incredible palate. And he's been with the company for a very long time as well. Mm -hmm. He and Jared are great friends. Yeah. <laughs> They are. Now, in terms of just kind of, you know, going back to the, the innovation piece. So another thing I'd love to, to talk about is your role in heading up the American Single Malt Association. I didn't even know that existed, yeah. but, but you're really leading the way for America to truly be on the map in terms of single malts. Yeah, that kind of is. It's honestly a really exciting period of time in the world, in my opinion. You know, Jared said this the other day. He was like, this isn't even a once-in-a-lifetime chance because how rare is it to be able to define an entire category of alcohol? That's insanely rare. Um, and so Jared, along with some other incredible head distillers from that are creating American single malts, they are spearheading this association so that we are able to define, first and foremost, what an American single malt is, right? So that gives distillers enough freedom to still experiment, but, you know, it's not too restricting either. But it also just kind of puts the right restrictions on things just to make sure it's all staying pure and it's good for the consumer. 
And a lot of this is, you know, giving information to consumers. Consumers have the right to know what they're consuming and shouldn't be lied to. So having a commission kind of work towards getting legal restrictions put in place is really to help the consumer at the end um, and make sure that they are being respected. And so that's something that we're really excited about. You know, American single malts are not something that everyone even knows really exists. But they do, and they're delicious. They're delicious. Yeah, they're amazing. They are. So, is there currently a definition of American single malt, and what does that look like? There isn't one legally, no. Okay. Um, but they're kind of creating one at the moment um, and seeing what that looks like. I actually just had the privilege of attending one of the talks that they had, mm. uh, which was really really cool and I actually I have something right here and it is what the standards of identity for an American single malt would be if this goes through and hopefully it does but first and foremost it'd be made from 100% malted barley second of all distilled entirely at one distillery and then mashed distilled and matured in the United States of America matured in oak casks of capacity not exceeding 700 liters, distilled to no more than 160 proof, U.S. proof, and then bottled at 80 proof or more. Okay. So those are just a few the kind of standards that would allow to kind of have a guideline of what to follow, right? Yeah. Well, right. And like you said, that that's so important, right? It's not to cut anyone out of the game, but it really is oh, right? it's to help define what this is so that we can make appropriate classifications and labeling and understanding. And like exactly. you know, sometimes added constraint, then you've got more freedom to do things. And so yeah, I think and that's brilliant that, that, that you are really heading this up and, and leading the way. Yeah. And what's great about it is that, you know, the people that are leading the way and that are defining this are people with experience. Yeah. Right. So they know what they're talking about. It's not some government officials way off where creating these definitions is something they don't know about. So it's people that understand the industry, understand what it's like to be a distiller and understand what it's like to be a consumer, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, right. And a shout out to you guys for doing that, along with my friends over at uh, Westward who were down here doing an event also. So, right. They just make such wonderful whiskeys. And that's why we're excited to to have you out here and, and share what you're doing with us here in Bakersfield, too. And Really looking forward to having you out here on, on April 2nd. Let's see. Lastly, what do you personally enjoy about whiskey? What brought you into the, the industry? I mean, and what do you love about the, the water of life? Well, the water of life, I love that. <laughs> For me personally, I think one of the things that I'm most passionate about now is whiskey education. Yeah. And it's kind of because I didn't really know that this world of whiskey existed or, or not in this depth by any means and then you know I got to work with Balconis and they're really big on educating people it's one of their big things is whiskey education yeah. and so yeah. they were pouring into me and you know I was just felt like a sponge kind of absorbing it all and I think it was the Texas single malt and it was the first time I tried it and I was like oh my gosh yeah whiskey doesn't just have to be tolerated, right. it can be enjoyed. Yeah. This is wild. Yeah. And so I guess that's kind of when I just like fell in love with it. You know, it's such a complex process and yeah, it's just so damn good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. 
about you? For me, I fell in love, I don't know, I just fell in love with whiskey because I always like to say it's in my veins because I'm Irish, you know, (laughs) but I really fell in love with it, and I think it's because of the storytelling uh, Mm -hmm. that goes with whiskey. I mean, it's like, you take this grain that literally grows in the ground, you distill it, you age it, and it's something yeah. that what comes out is what's so incredible, um, especially yeah. with Balcones. I think touching back to like our distillery, I got in the industry 10 years ago. I Whiskey was my first love. Like I said, I worked for a major distributor in California, got to sell a ton of different spirits, um, and again, came back to whiskey because that's always, always been my heart. Um, when I was welcomed at Balcones to join their team, um, I was really blown away when I went to the distillery. I actually was telling Margaret, you guys earlier, that I got the chills when I walked in there because mm. it just was, you, you know, you go to Waco, you're not expecting to get there and taste, like, not only taste this amazing liquid, <laughs> like, seriously, so good. but to see every single person that works at our distillery from the person that needs to in the lobby to the bartenders in our tasting room to the guys rolling the barrels, to our head distillers, to just every single person in there has so much passion and love and there's so much heart and they believe in it so much that I knew right then, like, I have to be a part of this. I just have to be a part of this story yeah. and bring it in. I just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's so good, though. That's the other thing. That's just, you know, yeah, we're going to have yeah. to get some whiskey later. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. And in- I don't think we touched on, I don't think we touched on um, the name Balcones. Oh, yeah. We a lot of people always ask, like, yeah, a lot of people always ask, like, what is Balcones? Well, it's the fault line mm-hmm. that um, runs through Central Texas. Hmm. And if you want to elaborate more, since you are from Texas, yeah, you know. um, it's the fault line that run that bisects Texas, and it's actually where we sourced all the water for our spirits when we first started distilling um and that's a really common thing actually in whiskey is to kind of name your distillery off of where your water comes, where from. Your water comes from and yeah exactly so that is our name and it's also our logo uh, yeah. if you ever see our logo it's a you know some people say they think it's a horse i've never oh, really? oh. yeah i've never been able to see a horse but it's these three little red brush strokes and it's the two faults um converging over the horizon or an artist's rendering of such yeah so that's yeah, that's us. That's so good. You know, yeah, I, I'm looking at your logo. I had never known that. What a what a neat thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, I, I, and I think appropriately named for you because fault lines shake things up, and you have certainly yeah. been shaking things up in the world of whiskey. And much like you, yeah. much like our, our listeners, right? We, we appreciate the stories. We, we like knowing what goes in it, right? There, there's people behind this, right? There, there's innovation. And now's yeah. a good time to be alive if you're a whiskey lover because we are literally and shaping the future that we want to create. So it, it's a great time for the, the spirits industry because we can do all this experimentation. We can, we can really move the needle forward and create these unique flavors, unique stories, and bring people together. There's nothing more that, yeah. that, that I love right. more than sitting down with a good dram with a friend, recounting the day. And so Cash, Margaret, thank Absolutely. you so Absolutely. much for being here and really sharing the story of what makes Balcone is so unique. Thanks for sharing about the, the logo. Thanks for helping us understand how coffee and whiskey tie together and how we can get this flavor <laughs> profile. So this, is, yeah. this has been a, a great conversation. Lastly, I know many of people listening right now are super, super thirsty. And so 
where can we find your 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 spirits? You can find um, our whole lineup at Total Wine, um, any independent liquor stores that are in your area. Our Texas Potsville Bourbon and our Single Mall is currently at Albertsons, Vaughn's Pavilions for SoCal. On NorCal, you can find us in Rayleigh's. And yeah, I said that's Yeah, Bevmo, and if you're listening from Texas. anywhere else, any major liquor store that you have around, you know, one that's pretty much everywhere. I'm trying to yeah. think what the other people have, but Specs, Total yeah. Wine, Twin Liquors. And you can also, um, if you have trouble finding it, you can also go log on to our website, which is just com, And we have a, like a store locator. pull down where it has a stored locator. So you just go on and you type in your zip code. And it will show like every single store and bars, restaurants in your area that currently has Balcones. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. We will post the link when we put the, the podcast up. So our listeners just go ahead and click below and you will be able to find it. And actually let's, let's do this real quick for our business or for our Bakersfield listeners. And here in Bakersfield, oh my gosh, it is everywhere. So this is easy to find our favorite Westchester liquors, Tom O'Shanter's Imbibe, so go visit Imbibe, pick some stuff up there, and uh, Green Acres Liquor, Eureka Burgers, it's actually on the menu there, and then, then Bevmo, yeah. Bevmo too, so plenty of places where you can enjoy a glass of Balcony. Absolutely. So Cash, Marguerite, yeah. thank you for joining us on the podcast. What a fantastic conversation. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for helping us take the mystery out of whiskey for you, and more importantly, yeah. you know what you like and why you like it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you so it's much. It's been a lot of fun. Yep. And we're looking forward to April 2nd. Yeah. It's exciting. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good old Texas night, y'all.